and tell him I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. <clears throat> glad that you guys are here. I was, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. My name is Irving Peralta. I'm part of the pastoral team. Uh, those of you watching, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you are able to join us. Uh, in person whenever you are around the area here in Alvin, Texas. First of all, before we uh, continue on with this beautiful series that we started long ago, The Way of Wisdom, on behalf of Pastor Bellino, Pastor Lily, on behalf of the whole pastoral team, we want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the love that you have poured over our lives. Uh, thank you so much for the gifts, and thank you so much for just your, your, your kindness to the families. Thank you so, so very much. So on behalf of all of them and from the bottom of my heart and our hearts, we say thank you. We say thank you, thank you. So let us applaud you and say thank you. Thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in the book of Proverbs chapter 2. I'm continuing this uh, series. I tell you what, this has been, and if you have, this is the first time that you join us, whether online or through our podcast, I encourage you to go back and go to the first episode of The Way of Wisdom. This has been, in my opinion, a great conversation to have because church in 2023, we all need wisdom. Somebody say amen in the house of the Lord. Not only do kids and young people, parents need wisdom, but us as parents, we need the wisdom of God. We do. So we're answering these three questions. What is wisdom? Where did it start? And what is the final goal of wisdom in our lives? And so we started with Proverbs chapter 1, but then uh, last opportunity I had to bring the word, I went into Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I just want to uh, uh, look at that scripture here for a second. So if you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 9 says, My son, if you accept my words and store them up, another, another translation said to treasure them up. And we gave that example of the treasure box and how you go around and you are giving those, uh, those, the, 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 that wisdom of that word in case someone's going through this or, or going through something like this. Every time you read the Word of God, every time you have this devotion, or every time you are absorbing the Word of God and receiving it, you are storing, storing it up, not just for you, but for somebody else who might need it, for somebody else who's going through the same thing. And here's the interesting thing that I've noticed, that God places people on our path that go through the similar situations that you and I go through. Does that make sense to everybody? For example, I'll give you a very good example. In my life, I grew up without a dad. I grew up without a father. My mom was my mother and my father. I remember the first time that I tried to play American football with her here in the United States because that's what's popular here over there in Mexico is soccer. So when I came here, I said, Mom, let's play some football. That's what the kids are playing with their parents. Let's do so. And she goes, okay, mijo, let's do so. We had our first backyard. Let's do it. Let's go. We cut the grass. Here we go. All right, and as soon as I, I say, okay, mom, you have to do this kind of stance. That's what I'm learning. I play junior high uh, uh, football, so I know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? All right, so here it is. You have to go in a three-point stance, mom, okay? And when I say hut, hut, I think that's what they say, mom, hut, hut, or something like that. When they said that, I'm going to rush, and you're going to try to run away from me because you don't want me to tackle you, mom. Tackle, tackle. Uh, don't worry about it, mom. I just, 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 just go with it. And then I remember I said, hut, hut, hut. And that moment I rushed in. 
because she, you know, she was kind of slow. And I, I can't, I'm sorry, you know, I'm faster than her. So I said, hut, hut. and I went and I went in. Let's just say we never played football after that. I knocked the wind out of my mother that day. Yes. So praise the Lord. Whatever it is that you have, it might be for someone else. You never know. You never know. And sometimes, I don't know if you've been in that situation. Because I, as I grew up without a father, all of a sudden, I gather around with other young people. And then come to find out, they too had some father, father issues. They too had an absentee in their fathers, in their, in their life. Of a, in their, their, they didn't have a father in their life. And so I was like, God, you're connecting me to all these people that we can be like sore sharpening in each other. So interesting. Just think about the people you hang out with. Just begin to analyze the same, and you're going to find out that the same problems that you have are the same problems that they have. And it's not a coincidence. It's that you have something stored inside of you that you can give. And his name is Jesus. It's the wisdom of God. It's Jesus, what we're going to see today. It says, if you store it up in my commands in you, verse 2, turning your ear to wisdom and applying to your heart understanding, to understanding, verse 3, indeed, if you call out for insight, if you cry out for understanding, and if you look for it as if for silver and, and search for it as its hidden treasure, then, everybody say then, Verse 5, then you will understand, please, please, this morning, every single one of us here, then and only then will church be exciting for you if you do the following. Then and only then would you understand why you're going through what you're going through. Then and only then would you understand what is happening in the Middle East. Then and only then would you understand why is it that you're struggling with this or, 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 or overcoming that. Then and only then would you understand the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of all wisdom, and find the knowledge of God. Tell, tap your neighbor and tell him, then and only then. There are no shortcuts. There's no one that is going to study this in your place. This is not, well, my parents are reading the Bible, so I guess I'm covered. No, no, no. This is every single one of us. This is our instructions that if we accept it, if we store it, if we turn our ear, if we apply it, if we call out, cry out, look for it, if we search for it, then and only then. Tap your neighbor one more time and tell him, then and only then would you understand the wisdom, the fear of the Lord and his knowledge. Then and only then. He says to incline our ears as to be at the edge of our seat saying, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. See, to the one who pursues the wisdom of God, you will never be disappointed. Amen. You will never be disappointed. But he says, church, in his word, he says, that there has to be a willingness and a desire to do so. So I'm asking every single one of you, those watching and listening, do you have a willingness to search for the wisdom of God, to cry out for it, to lift your voice for it, to seek it and search it? Because all of these verbs, what they indicate is a desire. Everybody say desire. Say it again, desire. This, all of these verbs, they, they, they describe a desire, an expression 
of devotion. This is a daily walk with the Lord. I looked up what the definition of devotion is to love, to have loyalty, to have enthusiasm for a person, an activity, or a cause. You know what the Hebrew word for devotion is? It means to be set apart. Do you understand now how you're making all these connections? Like if you're devoted to the Lord, you are set apart. You're setting yourself apart from what the world is doing. That's not what my home, my home is eternity in heaven. So while I walk through here, I need to have this devotion, this love, this loyalty, this enthusiasm to seek the wisdom of God. So church, don't wait for a tragedy or something bad to happen in order for you to start seeking the word of God, the wisdom of God. Even right now, the things are going okay. The things are going good. Seek the wisdom of God because when you seek wisdom, wisdom is Jesus. So when you seek wisdom, you're seeking the son of God. And when you find him, my goodness, you have moments like this. Did did you know that at home you can have a worship moment like this? Did you know that in your car you can have a worship moment like this? Did you know that at HEB, at Kroger, at Walmart, you can have a worship moment like this? Why? Because God is everywhere. Tap your neighbor and tell him, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here. Did you know that you can have a God worship moment where you're at the restaurant as you're praying for your meal and God can be there and just touch your shoulder? I've had some worship moments at work where I'm like, God, I'm just lost in your presence. What a beautiful, beautiful moment to have that. It says in verse six, for the Lord gives. Everybody say with me, gives. The Lord gives wisdom. He gives what a What an amazing, what a wonderful God that we serve. Somebody, you know, every time I read more of the word of God, I'm like, somebody tell me, is there a better God than the God that we serve? Seriously, honestly, just look at all of the religions. Just look at everywhere else. Is there a better story than the story that God places in our hearts and in his word? There is not. It says that the Lord gives wisdom. He gives it. All right, let me just give you a quick reality check to everybody. Did you know that you are 10 Sundays away from Christmas? Did you know that? And I know that it's going to go into that giving season and it's going to go into that, that stress mode. And you know what? God doesn't wait for a season to give you. He is ready to pour wisdom on your life even this morning. Somebody say praise the Lord. Every time you hear scriptures like these, these are scriptures that you need to use in your prayer time. God, your word says that you give wisdom. According to Proverbs 2 verse 6, you are the God who gives wisdom. Remind him of his word. And This is what my children love to do for, uh, for the, uh, whenever we have a conversation. But dad, you said. You, you ever had that moment, parents? You ever had that moment? But mom, you said that it was this Saturday that we were going. Like when they use your own words, when they use your own, you, you, you can't back out of it. No, no, I didn't. Mom, because of technology, I have a recording of what you said. Well, church, 
You have a recording of what your heavenly father said in his word. And somebody here this morning said, I receive it. I receive it. God, you said that you are the Lord that gives wisdom. And right now I need it. Right now I need it because my mouth wants to say what I am thinking right now. And I need your wisdom. Because my fists are ready to do what I feel like doing. But I need your wisdom. Because I'm about to explode and just walk out of here. Walk out of this marriage. Walk out of my children. God, I need your wisdom. Is anybody here in this house that know what I'm talking about? We need the wisdom of God here this morning. Because church, wisdom is being poured every single day. Wisdom is being poured every single day. Every single day. Have you seen this, these memes here? I'll give you some, some scenarios here. This is just some practical wisdom that, that we're here everywhere. Uh, this is here for those of you who are looking for a new phone. Okay, so check this one out here. Um, if your tires look like this, put that iPhone 15 back. <laughs> practical wisdom. Yes or yes? Yes? Okay, to all the parents in the house, let's see if this is good practical wisdom. Are you ready? Here it is. Uh, this is when you need to tell me we need more milk. Not down here. All the parents in the house said, amen. Practical wisdom. Now, I love this one here because we've talked about this here at the church. But this is exactly what parenting is. When you speak life to your children, your children are going to speak life back again. I love that wisdom. Isn't that good practical wisdom? Now, don't confuse practical wisdom to the wisdom of God. That's, that's good. It's good wisdom, which I'm going to start writing that on the gallon milk for, for, for my family. That's good practical wisdom. But there's something else about God's wisdom. There's something powerful. It guides us through life. Because verse 7, it says, he holds success. Well, let me finish verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Comes, come knowledge and understanding. Two different things. Knowledge and understanding is, is what you know and what you understand. It's what you, what, what you put in your heart and you apply to it. I take in knowledge, but then I process it. And, oh, I understand what he's saying. You're not just reading scripture. You are understanding what he says. Verse 7 says, he holds success. Wow. He holds success in store for who, church? Help me out. For the upright. Okay? He holds success in store for the upright. He is, help me out, church. He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is what, church? Blameless. Now, at that moment, a lot of you, I don't know in your heart, but you say, man, that, oh, I'm out. Blameless, geez, man, I am a sinner, I'm out. Don't forget that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for our sins so that you and I can be blameless in the eyes of God. Come on, somebody. That is awesome. That's incredible. So don't count yourself out just yet. Yes, you're right. You and I are sinners. We have no, we have no place in the kingdom of heaven because of our sins. You are right. You are correct. This scripture could be way off and say, man, blameless. I mean, I can't achieve that. 
Even this morning, I sinned just by thinking as some thoughts. Okay, the blood of Jesus washes away every sin. The, the Bible says that though they might be as red as scarlet, a deep tone red, he will wash them white as snow. That's the promise of the, uh, of the word of God over your life. So he says he holds success in store for the upright. He says shield for those who walk is blameless. See, God not only does he want to give you wisdom in his word, but he's actively, church, defending you. He's guarding you. He's preserving you when you walk in the ways of the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. Somebody say amen to that. Now, I want you to know that there's a difference, and the guys are going to help me here in a second. I'll call you up. I want you to know that there's a difference between defending and there's a difference, difference between guarding. There's two, two, two different things. When the Lord defends you, church, he fights for you. Somebody say amen to that. When the Lord defends you, he's fighting for you. When he's guarding you, church, he takes your place. He takes your place. If you look at any, anyone who is, you know, of, uh, of high authority, they're guarded with his bodyguards who are trained to put their life at risk for yours. And that's what your God is doing. When he defends you, he fights for you. When he is guarding you, he takes your place. And then when he preserves you, the Bible says that he keeps you in a safe place. And we'll get to that. Let me have the guys that are going to help me out. Let me have the guys that are going to help me out. Thank you so much. Let's give him a big round of applause. Martin, can you come as well, Martin? Miguel, can you come real quick? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All of these guys. Man, look, man, I just, I just, man, I just went from 42 to now I'm 20. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Awesome. So you guys step to the side for a second and then Mijo Jaden, come over here. Okay. So you guys step off, step, step off the screen, step off the screen all the way on that side. Okay. Whenever you are without the Lord, okay. Whenever you are without the Lord and your face with a valley. So let's put a valley over here on this side. When you're faced with a valley, okay, you're faced with a valley. So here, Jaden is walking without Jesus. So he faces the valley on his own. So go ahead, face the valley on your own. So as he's walking through that valley church, this is where the enemy comes. The enemy comes and you, and you can just look this way. When the enemy comes, you have no protection. No one is defending you. No one is guarding your life. No one is taking care of your heart. And that's why when you go through the valley, how many of you have been there and know what I'm talking about? That man, it, it hurts. It hurts to go through the valley. And people are over here saying, look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. That doesn't make any sense. I can do things on my own. But yet, can we walk through the valley of the shadow of death without the Lord? Everybody say, no. No, we can't. Without Jesus, you are at fault. Without Jesus, you are going to pay the punishment because it is set for your heart. Your sin separates us from the holiness of God. And God cannot protect you, cannot defend you. I am so sorry to everyone who's reaching out for prayers. But if you're not the child of God, those prayers are going nowhere, church. They're going nowhere. Somebody know what I'm talking about? They're going nowhere. Uh, we can pray for you, but it's the will of God over your life. But if you're not a child of God, you're on your own. 
So anyone here who is listening, listen to wisdom. That when you cry out to God and you say, God, I need you. And you ask him to come into your heart. And you're sincere about your sins. And you say, I am a mess without you. Uh, This is where Psalms 91 comes in, church. This is where Psalms 91. Can you put that up, Jonathan? This is where Psalms 91 comes in. That says, where whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High and resists, excuse me, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And look at verse 2 here. says, I will say of the Lord, He is my, help me out, He is my refuge and my what church? Fortress, my God, in whom what? I, come on, let's read that one more time. I will say of the Lord, ready? He is my refuge. He is my, my God in whom I trust. So guess what? When you accept his wisdom, God, go ahead guys, surround this guy. God sends his angels. God sends his Holy Spirit. Come on somebody. And he surrounds us to surround him, you guys. So everybody face, face out this way. Face out, face out. And everywhere you go, the enemy might come and he might come, but the Bible says that he defends you. So when he comes, this angel, oh, okay, man, I just, I just felt the strength of this young man. I don't mess with this young man here. He defends you. He defends you. So wherever you walk, my God is all the way around you. And the devil might come this, oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna come and sneak this way. And he's there to defend you. And he's there to guard you. And if he wants to come and destroy you, he takes your place. So he will defend you. He will guard you. And he will preserve you. Oh, and so finally, he comes, try to come this way. And everywhere around you, the Bible says that he is your shield. Come on, somebody. This is awesome. This is awesome. Do you see your life? So wherever you go, know that you are surrounded by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That you're surrounded by the Word of God. That you're surrounded by the angels of heaven. That you're surrounded by the Spirit of God that says, I dare you take them away from the grip of my hand. Wow, praise be to God for that. Praise be to God for that. Now, some of you might say, but brother, what pastor, what is it when I go through something, what is happening? Church, he preserves you there. That means that when you go through something tough, you lean. Go ahead. You just lean on them. So just kind of lean on him. You just lean on them. You lean. And even though you might be injured. Even though you might be struggling, wherever you walk through this valley, he is not leaving you. He is not forsaking you. He is carrying you. You know what? Let's carry him. Let's carry him. You know what? Let's carry him. Uh, Just carry. He is carrying you. He is. There you go. Uh, He is carrying you everywhere you go. You guys can, you guys can walk off that way. He is carrying you everywhere you go. No matter what happens, he takes care of who you are. Somebody say amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Do you see what the reason we preach about wisdom here in this church? Because without it, we are lost. But you know what? With it, the Lord, the King of Kings, He is for, He is on your side. He's on your side. You know, there's that commercial that says, What's in your wallet? Well, let me tell you, what's in your heart? 
Is it the wisdom of God? Is it the wisdom of God? Because He will embrace you. He will preserve you. He will defend you. He will guard you. He will. See, church, when we fear the Lord, we embrace His desires and we avoid what He disapproves because we reverence, we revere who He is. We did a series on this not too long ago. See, God is holy. Somebody say with me, God is holy. And the fear of the Lord hates evil. The fear of the Lord hates evil. And we learn as we go, church. I want you to understand that this is a process. We learn as we go. We learn as we go. Every year we get wiser in the things of the Lord. Amen, someone? Every, every season of our lives we get wiser. You know, let's make it practical. I found this, this picture here of what seatbelts used to be back in the days. Um, I think that we've learned to be wiser than that, right? So I want you to know, church, that the more... Okay, let me get very basic. And sometimes I feel like I've said this a thousand... We've said this a thousand times, but it's because Christian living... It's basic. It's, 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 it's a lot of the things that happen in our lives that we think that it is difficult. But church, to follow the Lord is just A, B, C, D. That's it. Listen, we've said this before and I'll say it again. The more time you spend in God's word, the wiser you become in the things of the Lord. Plain and simple. And so that's why for the church, we have systems to help you and me. We have Bible Academy. We have Monday night prayer. We have Wednesday night live groups. There's a live group, I believe, is happening on Tuesday mornings with the ladies, with Pastor Lily and them. On Tuesday morning, Pastor. On Tuesday mornings that you can come and join. There is also live groups happening at, at different places. I've, I've heard of those of you who gather together. There's a podcast that Sister Vivi started. There's a podcast that, that, we, that, that we have ongoing. Uh, there's uh, sometimes we have weekend events. We have Sundays. We have all of these systems in place so that every single one of us can build on the Word of God. But that should never take the place of you personally making this a devotion and saying, God, let me read your Word. What do you have for me? One scripture, one verse, one passage, whatever it is that your time schedule allows you, the more you spend time with Him, the more you gain wisdom. You say to yourself, whenever you gain that wisdom, oh, that makes sense. Oh, now I understand why I talk this way or why I should respond that way or why I should hold my tongue in those situations. Wisdom tells you these things. It's not conscience. If you're a believer, it is the wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit, that is guiding you to do this. It's not the pizza that you ate last night. It is the Holy Spirit that is telling you, hey, hey, Hold on. Don't react that way. Don't look at them that way. Stop rolling your eyes. You've done, you've done that twice already. It is the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we tell that voice, shh, let me do my thing. And the Holy Spirit just kind of steps back and says, okay. But then he's always that close, just ready. Whenever you say, Holy Spirit, man, I'm sorry. Man, I messed up. Man, I messed up. 
See, we become wiser through Jesus Christ. At that time, sometimes our decisions, we think they're good ideas. We think they're the best things, but after season and season of just doing the same old thing and getting the same result, it is not. The Word of God will always outdo what we think is best because He is wiser. See, church, God's character is the ultimate moral standard by which you and I should live. That's His character. And, and guess what? He says, be holy as I am holy. And here again, there's another uh, place where you, and you, you might said, oh, man, be holy as God is holy. I'm out. I'm out. No, don't forget, if you're a child of God, Christ Jesus came. He took your place and he says, hey, I got you. Hey, I got you. I, I will guide you and I will show you to the way to my father. Why? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the father except through Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus says? He says, I'll vouch for you. I'll represent you in court. I am wisdom. See, when God offers you wisdom, he's offering you his son. He's saying, here he is. He's Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate wisdom. Let, let me, let me uh, go to scripture to give you that. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 24 to 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 24 to 30. And I'll ask the band to come up. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 24 to 30. This is in the letters that Paul wrote to explain that God's wisdom is the ultimate incarnation of Christ. In other words, if you wanted to see God's wisdom, his name is Jesus here on earth. Man, we've never, what, what is the wisdom of God? His name is Jesus here on earth. Let me explain that one more time. What is the wisdom of God? Where, where, his name is Jesus the Son of God who was placed on this earth. So this is what 1 Corinthians 24 says. But to those who God has called, both Jews and Greeks, praise God, <laughs> that we are in that, in that, um, in, in that um, uh, description here, both Jews and Greek, Greeks, another translation, uh, I might say Gentiles here, Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, verse 26, think of what you were when you were called. Just think about where you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God, I love when that, that phrase is there. So a lot of people were not, you know, uh, wise, were not influential, were not noble. That would have counted us out from being holy, from being set apart, from being in that lineage of inheriting everything else. But God, but God chose the foolish things. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that God chose the foolish things of the world to do what? To shame the wise. There's nothing wiser than a person who accepts that he or she is a sinner and the needs a savior. There's nothing, no one wiser than that. It doesn't matter how much money, how much wealth, how much PhDs you have. If you do not accept the Lord, you're considered a fool 
but a foolish things in the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things. Praise the Lord. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of uh, of this world to be the spy to to end the despised things the things that are not to nullify the things they are so that no one may boast before him and say well God chose me because I am rich well God chose me because I'm the wisest of my father. well God chose me because I have such influence and I have billions of followers on YouTube or Instagram and so forth no 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 it's nothing about you it's everything about him. Amen, somebody. It's everything about him. Now, I don't know how many people here you have been, you felt the description that is here on earth on this. Uh, you felt the description from scripture that said that, I don't know how many of you ever felt that you were not influential enough. You were not strong enough. You were not wise enough. I don't know how many people you place yourself at the lowest point of your life and said, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm a rotten mistake. I, I don't know why why I am loved. I don't know how many of you, maybe you listening or watching, I don't know how many of you describe yourself in that manner and that idea where you said, why would God even care about me? Why would God even pay attention to me? Who am I? I live in this side of town. I live over here. I live over there. I want you to know that God chooses you. God chooses you. <laughs> Verse 30 says, it is because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us, watch this, the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So what's the attitude of the heart to those who walk in wisdom as I conclude today? What is this attitude of our heart? That we will live to please God, church, not ourselves. That we will live unto him who died and rose again from the grave. And as, and, and as we live to please God, we will abound in more and more and more. We will desire to please him more and more is what I mean. Let me read to you the last scripture. This is 1 Thessalonians 4, 4, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, and as for the for, for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. So this is uh, the, the apostle speaking. So for everything else, all the little things in life, because you know, Paul spoke of big ideas, big things. Even Peter in his letter, big things. So just to narrow down and to talk about the everyday things of life, like washing laundry on a Saturday night or Sunday evening, or, or what to do when you are at Ross returning that item for the 15th time. You know, what do you do whenever you are just mowing your grass? Like what should be your attitude when you are walking your dog outside? What should be your attitude as you're sweeping the kitchen cleaning the counters what should be your attitude as you're waiting in that waiting room for the oil change of your car to take place what should be our attitude here it says as for all the other matters brothers and sisters you're instructed how to live to please God even in those moments 
Even on those moments where you're sitting there and the doctor's checking your eye to make sure to see what glasses do you need. Even in those moments that when you are uh, sitting in the bleachers with your phone out as your children are practicing t-ball or baseball. Or even those moments when you are watching the football game and, and, and you're looking at the scores and you're yelling at the TV like you know more football than everybody else. <laughs> or tonight when you watch the Astros and you're wearing the jersey and you're wearing another jersey and you have this things that if you wear your hat backwards, they win because every time you wear your hat backwards, they win, you know? And, and so you always, you know what I mean? It's just the everyday life things. What should we do? Here it says, please God in everything please God in everything tap your neighbor and tell him please God in everything he says you've been instructed in how to live to please God as in fact you are living you're doing so now now we ask you not only do we ask you but he says I urge you so as one of your pastors I ask you church I urge you, we urge you, we ask you, says, now we ask you and urge you, in the Lord Jesus, not in our name, not in the name of Emmanuel, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, we urge you, Emmanuel Worship Center, everyone watching, everyone listening, do this, do what? Please God in your everyday life. Please Him everywhere you go. Please God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, do this. What, church? Help me out. More. Okay, help me out, church. Come on, ready? Please, God, it says here, you in the Lord, you in the Lord Jesus, do this. Help me out, ready? More and more. That means that when you leave today, please, God, more and more. When you go to the restaurant this, this, this afternoon, please, God, more and more. That when you go to practice, please God, more and more. Just imagine your everyday attitude, church. Everyday attitude. How can I please God today at work? This is your attitude. This is my attitude. How can I please God today at school? How can I please God today in my home? Here while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm ironing, ironing, while I'm driving the kids to school, while I'm driving to work. How can I please God I'm about to go into a teacher conference. How can I please God in that situation? How can I please God right now that I'm getting to getting ready to go to church, getting ready to go to work? How can I please God right now that I'm making a list of things that I need for the week and I'm about to go into the store? How can I please God while I'm checking my mail? How can I please God while I'm going into the doctor visit? How can I please God as I'm scrolling to purchase something else on Amazon? How can I please God that I'm while here that I'm talking with my friends at lunch while I'm walking my cat while I'm feeding my fish how can I please God and to practice a baseball ends oh how can I please God while I'm catching my second breath how can I please God as I'm putting my children to bed how can I please God every part of me Lord help me because I want to please God more and more more and more more and more come on send to your feet more and more how can I please God how can I please God because he is beautiful how can I please